listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 On a day in which we've got a lot of major moves being made in the National Basketball Association, we've got storylines developing around the NFL involving quarterbacks, but what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? On Tuesday, we do Monday Night Football, and again, Minnesota, not only a winner, a cover, but if you look at the math in the last month, the best team in the NFL, amazingly. That's right, and it was last night in Chicago. It wasn't pretty, but the Vikings get it done 19-13, to the final over the Chicago Bears. Okay, we like to start where the other shows leave off, so let's go through the obvious stuff first. Chicago's offense is horrible. It might be the worst offense in the NFL. The thing that I thought was a real eye-popper was recently when Chicago played Tennessee. And entering that game, Tennessee had the worst third-down conversion defense ever. Not this year, not this century, ever. The worst. And Chicago in that game converted two out of 15 third downs. So when you're struggling against the worst ever, yeah, you're pretty bad. That's so obvious, but... I don't think it's as obvious that this may be a historically bad offense, that this is an offense that at least statistically the Bears was better with Trubisky. So Jonas, let's start there. As a fan, do you look at the Bears as a bad offense or an all-time bad offense? Well, as somebody who grew up uh, watching the Chicago Bears, I've seen 30 years, over 30 years of Bears football. This is the worst offense they've ever had. It's not even. I don't. I don't even think it's. It's. A, there's a close uh, comparison to it. Their offensive line is atrocious. Uh, they're dealing with injuries. They had some some COVID stuff, but they you know draft use a second round pick on a tight end. They don't get him the football. They've got wide receivers that are running open and they can't you know complete a deep pass. The quarterback situation is a disaster. And this is all even more glaring because Matt Nagy was brought in because he was a quote unquote offensive specialist and yet it's the defense that's been really good, but that's been the story of Chicago Bear football. They can always figure it out on defense and for whatever reason they can on offense. OC uh, Bill Lazar, is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, Laser. Laser. Yeah, Laser. Yeah. Boy, he didn't seem laser focused. <laughs> wow, I tell you, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. I think that's how he wants us to pronounce it. Well, because, is it isn't Bob Lazar? That's the UFO guy, correct? Oh, <laughs> see, I'm not yeah. sure about just because my last name's Bell doesn't mean that Art <laughs> Bell and I are hanging out necessarily. But let's we'll call him Laser out of respect. Is <laughs> but Laser spelled not with an O. Right? Yeah, I, I think it's spelled with an E. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm skeptical. But I'm also skeptical of the offense. I mean, it feels like, as they say, rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, they're making changes. you got to wonder, did Nagy make that decision not to call the plays? Because it feels like if you are hired as an offensive specialist... And the answer is for him to disinvolve himself, to be less involved with the offense. Does that bode very well for your future? No, I actually think that 
if you just look at what happened in the offseason, he fired a bunch of assistant coaches. Uh, he brought in guys that he really trusted. Um, he's now oh, made so, it, so before that, he had guys he didn't trust? Well, he had these guys, that, and, and the thought was, well, he figures that these are going to be better fits for him moving forward. And so he brings in these other coaches, so he makes that move already. Then he already makes a quarterback change, and now he's giving up play-calling duties. How much more are you giving up before the organization just says, this isn't working? But yeah, maybe you're getting paid too much, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> that's Jonas Hawks. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Now, is this that both quarterbacks are bad? Because with Trubisky, it hasn't been great. It has not been great with Nick Foles, right? And I'm understatement here. Horrible and horrible. Is it that both of them are horrible? Or is it the offensive line, the playmakers are the problem? Mon- Montgomery, their back was out with a concussion. Now, Patterson had that kick return, which was yeah. the play, right? And otherwise, the Bears had 149 yards of offense. I mean, this is, uh, again, all-time stuff. So, yeah, you could say not having your top back hurts, but they've had him most of the season, Montgomery, and it hasn't made a difference. I mean, is this just an O-line issue? I mean, let's say you put a um, – uh, I don't want to say Russell Wilson because he's too good. Uh, you put a Deshaun Watson on this team. Are they significantly better? Yeah. But are they even a borderline playoff team at that point? So I guess my question is, we know the quarterbacks aren't great, but how much deeper does that go on the offense, the problems? Is it just the quarterbacks, you think, or no. is it beyond that? No, the O-line is, is terrible. And and they had uh, you know James Daniels, who's a really good offensive lineman that they drafted out of Iowa. He got hurt this year. He's out for the season. So they've been trying to use this patchwork offensive line, and we've talked about it before. Offensive line play in the NFL is down across the board. There's just not that many great offensive linemen anymore. And so when you're already not a very good unit and you're having to go to backups they had a guy playing center last week Alex Bars who was undrafted uh, and and had never played the position before at any level had never played center before but they had no option so there's more to it but the other part of this that doesn't make a lot of sense is if you have a bad offensive line the one thing that you should be able to have is a quarterback who's got mobility, not somebody who stands back there. Mm-hmm. You're saying fo- if, if you're limited on the O-line, yeah. mobility is even more important because you're running for your life. 100%. you got to be able to get outside of the pocket and, and try and scramble and make some plays. Foles can't do it, and that was the one thing that Mitch, that Mitch Trubisky could. So it just all of this, it's a perfect storm of problems for him, but they are, they are really, really bad. Uh, like I said, I think that's the mm. worst they've ever had. Yes. Yeah, so Foles got actually carted off the field late in the game. Um, do we have official word, Jonas, on he, his status? Matt Nagy, uh, the coach for the Bears, had a press conference earlier today. He said it looks like it's not as bad as they initially thought, that there's no break or anything like that. Um, it may have been just more out of precaution, but it, it looked pretty bad. They're going into their bye week, and so a lot of people thought, well, this would be an opportunity. Trubisky should be healthy after the bye. Maybe he'll get a chance to start. But if Foles is, is healthy enough, it makes you wonder if they're just going to go back to him again. Yeah, Trubisky, when I was reading through about him recently, this quote was very Bears, very Bears-esque. Trubisky's out since hurting his throwing shoulder on his first play as a Wildcat quarterback two weeks ago. Yeah, it just <laughs> his first play. It, it's cra- it's crazy. They they put him in there for one play, and then you never see him again. 
And then you find out afterwards, oh, yeah, he suffered an injury. That's why you didn't see him. And so you had to fly out to L.A. to get looked at by a specialist. It ended up not being as bad as they thought it was. But still, to miss time and, and to have it happen the way that it did, it's just embarrassing. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, we've been talking about Monday night football between the Vikings and the Bears. Minnesota gets the win. They're third in a row, and they are clearly, as of right now, one of the hottest teams in the NFL over the past few weeks. Yeah, no doubt. And the catch-22 in NFL handicapping, and it's not a challenge in baseball, for example, with 162 games. It's not as much of a challenge in NBA with 80 two games typically what you have is 16 games so imagine a 16 game stretch of baseball you're gonna have times the Mets were the best team you're gonna have time that even the worst team was very good and the best team was not so good you're gonna have it no doubt remember the Yankees this year had a what was that like an eight game losing streak Something like that. Yeah. Now, imagine a team with an eight-game losing streak in the NFL. No one's talking about how good they are, right? Well, you can't really dig to those little pockets of games. That's the one hand. On the other hand, things do fundamentally change. We talked about Atlanta. They changed their coach. Raheem Morris in, and since then... That's been the last month. That's been four games. Now, do we act like the other games didn't happen? No. But do we act like the last four aren't more important? Also, no. I think they are more important. So it's always a balance. You want to look at the whole year because even the whole season isn't enough games, really. The, a data guy wants more, certainly more than 16. But on the other hand, to act like in December that the games are the same as September, they're not. Injuries, quarterback changes, et cetera. So there is no scientific answer to this. It's not like there's an exact right answer. What you got to do is it's art. It's not science. That said, the art of this situation, looking at the last month. Now consider this. During that last month, Minnesota's done a good bit of winning. But also consider that, you know, they were at one point, they had lost to Seattle and then they lost to the Falcons. Then they've won three straight. So you might say, okay, a three-game streak's not so good. But then you think about it. and I mean, it's good, but not great. But then you think, man, the Falcons are playing pretty well. All right? And congrats, they won that game. But then Minnesota had Seattle pretty much beat in yeah. Seattle. So a lot of ways beyond the record to assess and address these NFL teams. But if you look at expected points added, so not to get all mathematical, but it's a stat that literally they look at on a per play basis. And what we do is remove the garbage time. Anytime that a team has better than 90% chance to win or less than a 10% chance in those extremes, we throw it out because it's comebacks. It's, yeah, it just doesn't, it's not typical gameplay. But once you remove that and you rank these teams in the last month, the best team in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings. And it's not even all that close, to be honest with you. This is a team that has done outstanding in the last month. And we saw it, quite frankly, Minnesota, and Jonas knows this being such an expert with the Bears, is and, and he really was shining in the first segment, is Minnesota's had a horrible run against 
the Bears in Chicago. Kirk Cousins, as everyone heard, 0 for 9 straight up and against the spread, entering the game on Monday Night Football. But somehow this team is playing so well, they overcame that. Jonas, if you hadn't heard the math on it, and if I would have said, where do you rank Minnesota in the last month? What's your eye test say? Uh, my eye test would be they're obviously vastly improved. They've been one of the better teams, but that still is a little bit surprising that they're the best team. And then to your point, you talk about the close loss they had to Seattle, a game they probably should have won. You can also go to the game against the Tennessee Titans. It looked like they had that game in the bag, and it was Steven Goskowski making a kick at the end and Tennessee getting the win. So this really is a 4-5 and five football team who – probably should be six and three if we're really being fair about what we're watching so maybe the ranking that you guys discovered there and and have figured out makes a lot more sense if you just look overall their season in totality the next question is and that's Jonas Knox we're straight out of Vegas the next question is what has changed is this just randomness well no remember Minnesota lost it was an exodus in a way of defensive backs and some key guys And then they drafted a guy in the first round as a cornerback and a guy in the third round as a cornerback. And they had some veterans. And you know what? They've been injured with their cornerbacks, unlike any team, quite frankly, in the NFL. And somehow still, and remember, there was that second game against the Packers when they were banged up Minnesota like crazy with the DBs and still handled Aaron Rodgers. So I tell you, I've said it, this is mathematically the case, is Zimmer, from the day he started coaching, has the best against the spread record of any team in the NFL, of any coach in the NFL, and Belichick is second. So whenever there's a list that Belichick is second and you're first, that's a mighty good list to be on. (laughs) And I would make the case what we're seeing out of him coaching this defense is the best coaching job I've seen from him. Imagine this guy was the D.C. with the Bengals. And, I mean, you know, he got away from there, and he's an all-timer at this point, in my opinion, and at least against the spread. And also, I think Justin Jefferson, a guy that was obviously a young receiver, a rookie, and he's emerged. And he had 135 yards yesterday against the Bears, eight receptions. And Thielen only had four, but two touchdowns in those games. And we all know Dalvin Cook has been running great. Not so great against his Bears D, 30 carries, 96 yards. Net-net, though, a victory for Minnesota. They're in the playoff hunt. Officially, In fact, if you look at their odds, Minnesota's odds right now to make the playoffs better than one in three, 36% chance. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. One reported deal was the James Harden deal that and the offer from the Houston Rockets for a $50 million a year extension. Instead, he turned that down, and the thought out there is that he wants to play for a contender, and he wants to go somewhere like Brooklyn to play for the Nets with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You know, imagine being in a position, Jonas, that they say, hey, uh, we know we've paid you 300 mil so far, uh, you know, about a third of a billion, but we want to hit, hit you with another 50 or so in three years, you know, not this year, not next year, but as you're getting older and start probably dropping off, we want to make you the first $50 million man. And he's like, thanks for thinking of me. I'll let you know. I mean, that'd be nice, John. I mean, let's be candid. Let's I'm into be, it. Yeah. And I mean... Again, Harden, the rumor, we'll say rumors are he likes the nightlife. So, um, you know, I think the rumor is, if it's not an actual fact, (laughs) 
is uh, uh, like the you know a, a number of ex- exotic know? dancers uh, have you know let's say our fans. <laughs> they, well, I've I've heard that he at a, at a club in I in Houston. Houston I think yeah. it's Houston. I think this was Nick Wright of Fox Sports One who said that there's uh, James Harden has a picture and an autograph up, almost like raising a banner after you won a championship. <laughs> they've they've got that up there at the club in Houston. I've never been there, uh, but but apparently that's up there. So. Well, now we go. Yeah, we go from Houston. And we're looking at drama in Brooklyn. And yeah. yeah. And the fact is, I think this is such a story. It's such a story about personal gratification versus team gratification or team success. Personal success, team success. Because by by no one's mm, thought. Could you say that the Nets with Harden wouldn't be one of the favorites? We can debate, would they be the favorite? I personally think they might be, right? I don't think it'd be crazy, but they certainly, the Nets with Harden, Kyrie and Durant, maybe, possibly, would have the best player in the NBA because as much as people are going to say LeBron and I agree, there were a lot of people pre-injury. And again, there's a question about Durant. But a lot of people pre-injury that said Durant's the best player in the NBA. Right or wrong. That's, yeah. that, that was a common belief. So maybe they'd have the best player. And I think it's fair to say that there isn't a team that would be even close. And maybe the Lakers. Let's call it the Lakers. That, that Who's the best second player if that's Harden? Right? So it's Harden versus AD. Uh, I give it to Harden. But it's a close call. Now, I would rather have AD because he's younger, but for the next year, Harden. And then finally, who would have the third best player? And I think Kyrie would be clearly the third best. So when you're a team that could have the best player, the best number two, and the best number three, you're going to be amongst the favorites. I think you agree with that, correct? Yeah, no, 100%. And and look, for all the talk about James Harden and, and some people criticize, well, he's just a scorer. All right, well, he just happens to be you know one of the greatest scorers in the history of the sport. And last I checked, scoring the basketball was pretty, <laughs> was pretty important. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I just It's the oh. mix. It's it's the mix of those personalities. You just wonder how's that going to look, how's it, what's going to happen, because you know, it clearly hasn't worked with James Harden and other superstars. Now, we got Chris Broussard, NBA expert, follows us right here now. FSR talking about, and I think it's interesting how it's a question for Kyrie and how it's personal and not about the team. Let's listen. People around the league are saying Durant wants Harden and Kyrie does not. Oh boy. Harden would likely have the ball in his hands, right? Here's another thing for Kyrie to think about. Who is James Harden close with in the organization in Brooklyn? Mike D'Antoni, who was just hired as a coach for the Brooklyn Nets to assist Steve Nash. D'Antoni said James Harden is the best offensive player he's ever seen. Who you think he's giving the ball to in Brooklyn if they get James Harden? It's Harden. I don't see Kyrie wanting to be the third best player on a team. He has, he's never been the third best player on the team. So it's all about Kyrie personally, in this case, versus the team. Let's quickly listen to Colin Cowherd asking a key question. Let's listen. LeBron 
created player empowerment. I've always defended players who are mobile. You and I in our careers have been mobile. I think I'd be a hypocrite. But I do wonder, in the last two years, if this deal went through, Kevin Durant, Harden, Kyrie choose New York, A.D. LeBron, Kawhi, Paul, George choose Los Angeles. It feels very coastal. There are not a lot of stars if this goes through in the middle of the country. Is this good for the league? Colin, why didn't you ask that question five years ago or ten years ago? Because when LeBron starts it, when LeBron, we could call it empowerment, we can name it anything we want, but when he starts jumping from team to team based on who's got good players, who he can bring with them, who else, what's the other players going to do other than retaliate and do the same thing? So if you don't like it, then you should, it shouldn't have started. But you know what? It started, and I don't think it's going to stop, Jonas. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.